A Japanese Dream in 79 Letters. An Epistolary Novel. By Martin Glimmon. This is episode 2 out of 14. The text will be read by a machine. Therefore you may notice some mispronunciation, from time to time, especially when foreign languages are involved, like French, German, Dutch, and so on. And there is another item, I want to bring to your attention, because the letters were written by a Japanese native speaker, and were given to me, to publish them as they are, it may occur, that you will hear some semantic, or idiomatic errors. However, the text can be understood easily, and you will not be disappointed about that, I guess. Third letter. November 2, 1975. Dear Hubert, I'm quite surprised at your letter, but I'm not shocked. I'm not sure how to start this letter, but the moment I read your letter, I began to tremble. Let me tell you one most important point first of all, I want to come to Europe, Holland or Aachen. When? Next March at the soonest, I hope. Because, as I told you, I must teach at Notre Dame, until at the end of January, and I have, at present, eight pupils to tutor, mainly at my home. I must take care of some of them to help them succeed in their exams until February. Besides, I need some time to prepare and earn some money to get there. One thing, which I definitely decided, after coming back from Europe, is to go abroad again, as soon as I can. I was hesitating whether to go to America or to Europe. I thought I should go to America first, because chances to go abroad are limited and it's better to go to a different place. Meanwhile, however, it was always on my mind to go to Europe. First of all, because you there, and also, because I'm still attracted by many other things and places in Europe. But now, I think, I am quite determined on this point. Next time I go abroad, I go to Europe again. But even, if the money problem does not, matter, much, there is another problem, for me, though. That is my melancholy. Believe it or not, melancholy is my constant bad habit of mind. At any time, it comes to me. In such a time, I get very, very depressed, and quite often, think of death. You said, you, judged, from my last letter, that I am in a good mood, but it is not quite true. Only, I thought, I had to refrain myself, to tell you all about my mental problem in each letter to you. Anyway, I am awfully sorry, that my letter, gave you a kind of frivolous impression. And, I really hope, you are already recovered, from your awful depression. I know, how awful, it, is. And so, if I come, to live in Europe, and I'm attacked by this melancholy and depression, will you help me somehow? In Oxford, melancholy frequented me, when I was alone, and I remember, saying to Mrs. Snaith, that nobody could help me. My mental weakness is one of my greatest problems. As far as I am at home, I try, either, to deceive myself, when melancholy comes, or to let it come, and pass away, and, I somehow, manage to keep me going alive. But I feel great fear about this, when I think of living, in a foreign country quite long. My mother told me, if I die abroad, our family will be ruined, because of the cost of funeral, and other miscellaneous. If I am wrong, pardon me, but I fear, that, 
What made you write such a serious and unexpected, for me, letter, is your awful depression. I hope not. I hope, you could have written the same kind of letter, if you had not been depressed. I'm still doubting, if it's not a dream, I'm dreaming a dream, for I have never been liked by a man personally. I've never liked any other man, in the way I like you now. To tell you the truth, when I read the lines of your letter, I almost felt, like crying with joy. Can you understand what I've said so far? In your last letter I have some points which I can't understand quite well. You mentioned you want to live together with someone in one house. Who's someone? Male or female? Even if you think me stupid, I still don't understand. And you said you don't feel security at all. But by security, you mean physical security or mental security? To me, both securities, are, seemingly, given, but I'm ashamed that I'm living rather, in an easy, and, lukewarm, way. In my mind, the kind of job, does not matter, but, actually, I can't do all kinds of job. As for university, don't please take me for example. I don't think I'm a typical case. My university was a language college, and I hated not only all the students there, but its general atmosphere as well. I even hated the city of Osaka, Kletchers itself, and many other things. But at any rate, I wanted to get a Bachelor of Arts because in Japan, university is no longer a place where only a selected few go. One out of four or three is a college student, aged between 18 and 22, or older. It is overcrowded. Anyway, I practically attended lectures only for three years and got graduation thesis during that period. When I was senior, I spent the days at home studying mainly literature which I liked better than language proper. It's up to you whether you give up university or not, but I personally want you to stay for the time being and think. At any rate, could you wait for me, coming over to you, say, another several months, at the shortest? By the way, what exactly are you doing at the moment? I mean, I fear, you will change your mind. And about jobs over there, I really can't believe, it will be easy for me, to find one. It's true, I've a teacher's license, but it's, practically, only valid in Japan, I think. I mean, I can't teach only with a Bachelor of Arts what can I teach? English? I myself must still be taught English more. And if I can find any other job, I can't speak German at all, so I can't manage the work. Moreover I've never done any job, except teaching. The matter of job also makes me worry. And thinking about the things, after one year of staying over tire, I wonder, how things will be going. I worry and fear about everything. I'm sure, I'll disturb you much, and will be a burden to you. About your coming to Japan, I really desire it. But don't be hasty. I'm not proud of Japan at all. The following passage someone wrote I like. They say, that life is short, to those, who look back, it may seem short enough, but to those, who look forward, it is horribly long, endless. Sometimes, one feels, one cannot endure it. The thought, of living forever, is horrible. Well, dear Hubert, I stop here now, though, I fear, I miss something more to say. Almost ten days, 
in which I must wait for your letter to come, is always terribly long. But I'm really glad, that you invite me to Europe. I don't think I can go to sleep, tonight. So, now I say goodbye to you. Namiko. The following passage had been written in pencil. As I can't sleep now at all, I write a little more on this sheet. In case you continue university, you stay in Utrecht. But you said it's hard to look for accommodation in Utrecht, so there wouldn't be any place to live if I come there. Nevertheless, I rather want you to continue staying at the university over there. For one thing, even if you don't feel so right now, I think you'll be happy in the long run. Anyway, having finished your studies at an university, I'm afraid you're likely to regret it sometime in the future if you give it up now, for it'll be harder to enter university and study as one grows older, I think. But unless you are close at hand to me when I'm there, it's meaningless. What you and I want to do the most now is to see each other as soon as possible, is it right? Do you understand what I mean? And for example, what kind of job do you think I can do? Can I teach Japanese or flower arrangement? Though, I've not learned it at all. Why don't you make yourself registered as a long absenter and arrange things in a way that you can resume university when you feel like it later instead of completely giving up? In my opinion, teaching does not look quite suitable to you, for I think it's highly probable you'll feel quite bored doing it. I don't know what and how to say more. Or have I said too much? I may not be so logical, because, on one hand, I urge you to stay at university, and on the other, I say, teaching is boring. Maybe my head, at this moment, is a little bit tired, but now, I can't help but write in this way. I want to see you, really. As soon as possible. But your last letter gave me an impression of a sudden change on your side. I don't think you got whimsical in writing to me last time, but you even didn't write to me almost a month in September. I'm not blaming you for it now at all. At that time, I thought you were busy and thus thinking, consoled myself and waited patiently for your letter to come. Maybe, for one thing, your present living condition is too bad and makes you depressed, apart from being unable to make friends. I'm really sorry you're in a bad mood. But when reading the thing about your landlord and his keys, I burst out into laughter, honestly. So dear Hubert, and now I really say goodbye to you. Namiko. Fourth Letter. November 3, 1975. Dear Hubert, ever since you wrote your strange letter, I have been getting more and more restless. I read your letter over and over again. As I can't endure the length to wait for your next letter, I can't help but write again in this way. I wonder what life in Germany will be like. The atmosphere of England looks like a sort of depressing. I may only regard England as a country where I can study because at present the only language I can do is English, though I'm still learning French by myself. I admit England has its own charms, 
But what I felt instinctively when I was in the European continent was that there I felt freer than in England. Maybe I can study both English and other languages such as German in Europe. I don't know exactly what I'm talking about now. In short, I worry about languages, perhaps. My mother is also worrying about my future. I talked of you only to my mother. I mean and to other members of my family. She wants to know what kind of family you are from. For me, it doesn't matter at all, but her way of thinking is a little bit old-fashioned, and in Japan family restriction, I don't think you understand the words, is stronger than in Europe. Take my brother's case, for example, he asked our parents a couple of years ago to find a candidate for his future spouse. And my mother asked her eldest sister, whose mother-in-law introduced us, except me, to a daughter of her nephew. The persons involved arranged the date and place for my brother and that girl to meet. They met there about a year ago and they seemed not to dislike each other. So my brother told the girl's family that he would like to associate with her, for some time, to know her more and to decide, if he would take her, as his future wife. But, unfortunately, he's living and working in Tokyo and had not many chances to meet and to come to know that girl, they decided to write letters. Whenever my brother came back home to Kyoto, once or twice a month, he met her. Thus, finally, he, or rather the family, proposed to the girl and she and her family accepted it and just a couple of days ago, their engagement ceremony, funny word, isn't it, was completed. So far, they've already spent quite a lot of money, and even more they'll be going to spend for the actual wedding ceremony, for the honeymoon and for furniture. I'm already fed up with their marriage matters. I wonder what they are going to do when they find out that they can't get on well with each other. Will it do any good to their marriage, having spent such a lot of money beforehand? The most stupid thing is that the bride's side began to complain about the kind of house they're going to live in simply because such a small and shabby apartment house would be a shame in the eyes of the neighboring people of the bride's native home which is a rural small town, somewhere in the neighborhood of Kyoto City. Anyway, it's absurd. I think they seem to miss something more important. But I don't know exactly what that is. It was actually the fiancé's father who began to complain first. That man first phoned my mother and then my brother who, usually self-possessed, got a little bit angry and came back home to discuss the matter. He and my father went to the girl's home and they seemed to discuss the matter with the girl's parents. But it is my brother and the girl who are going to live in one house. Anyway they seem to reach compromise in some way. I'm sorry I've elaborated on all these nonsense but I just wanted to tell you how I'm disgusted with this. It was this sort of arranged marriages that I have been opposing, too, in the whole of my life. But, to be single or to be married, I think, I still feel uncertainty. When it comes to my own child, if I get one, the uncertainty will even increase. So, again speaking of my brother's fiancé, who is still a college student and won't earn any money after their marriage, maybe I should pity her a bit, because she'll depend entirely on my brother, financially speaking. But as her home is quite rich, one doesn't have to be sorry at all. But anyway, 
The present condition of mine is a pain in itself. I mean to communicate with you in this way, living far, far away from you, and patiently writing and waiting. Maybe I could phone you, but it will be very expensive. If you are nothing to me, and if you say I'm nothing to you, I shall have to make every effort, to try, to forget you. But it's not so at all. You are really important, and the idea of you, is always invading my daily life. If we can meet again, I think there are lots of things to remain to be talked about and to be known by both of us. Unless, and after I meet you again, I don't think I can do anything new. Anyway, your words, everything is possible, encouraged me greatly. But again I say, if you had a second opinion and came to think you were joking and not serious, it is okay, please, tell me frankly. It is not yet too late. Nevertheless, on my side, I want to come to you. Maybe I wrote too much, too at random. You may think, how irrational and stupid she actually is. I may be worthless. But please understand me anyhow. So, in a few days, I may surprise you with my desultory letter. Complicated, stupid Namiko. Fifth letter. November 8, 1975. Dear Hubert, I received your letter on the 8th of November, about 2 o'clock p.m., Japan time. I didn't expect to get it so soon, I thought maybe the coming 12th. So I was very, very happy. You know, on Sundays we don't get mails except special delivery. Ever since your first suggestion, the time I had to wait for your letter to come seemed unbearably long to me, so I tried to disperse my feelings somehow, in vain. I can't go to sleep easily these days. I buy a bottle of whiskey and drink. It's quite expensive, but beer does not rapidly make my head rocky. Someday I really want to get totally drunk with you. Even now in writing to you, I'm drinking whiskey, but pardon me. I'm afraid you've got my last impatient letter, soon after, I suppose. In writing that one, I wasn't drunk. But for the second time, I tried to write again before I get your answer. It was still daytime and I began to write various strange things, but I dared not to post it. So I tore it up. I feel I'm beginning to lose control of myself, though I manage to teach in my daily life. You look still quite more reasonable in your way of thinking than mine. But you know there's always much difference, I mean gap, between one's fancy and reality. You may say how about trying things. You write. One can't get anything without trying. At any rate, adults are stubborn and too conservative. I mean, I told my father about us. On the whole my parents are not so willing to accept our plan. You may think my parents have nothing to do with our plan. To some extent, I feel so too, but I'm still financially partly depending upon them for food mainly. In short for them, my coming to Europe and live with you looks like a very unimaginable thing. And they, for example worry. What do you do if you fall ill abroad? As a parent of you, I won't resist flying up to you. If these things happen often, we'll be ruined. I hadn't even mentioned that kind of matter at all to them. It is quite a strange way of thinking. But I can understand what they're feeling in a sense. Anyway even if they oppose actually. At the moment, they are not opposing, but just worrying, 
because they are timid in the way, like me, I've almost determined to come to you anyway. The other day, I went to the Japan Travel Bureau to get information about the aircraft fare, visa and such. As for the fare, the cheapest one is 177,000 yen for one way, which is the cost of the Soviet airplane company, Aerofloat or something. As for return ticket, its cost doesn't get cheaper than flying one-way ticket twice. About visa, it's a bit problem, because if the purpose of staying in one country, more than three months, is not clear enough, they will not grant it, so I heard. In my case, it's neither nor study nor sightseeing. If it's for work, I'm not sure, if they grant it. Anyway, I shall try to get more information about this, next Monday. The date of my brother's wedding ceremony is March 28 next year. I shall have to attend it as his sister, though I really hate it. I like my brother, but through his marriage, I'm afraid, he will become a little stranger. He, too, must do his struggle of life, even more, after marriage. So, what I must tell you, is the following, I cannot come in March, perhaps. But it is a little pity because the aircraft charge of Aerofloat is likely to rise, from next April, they said. I have an obsession that I won't be able to come to Europe at all, after telling you all this stuff. This must be an obsession. But this would mean something like a betrayal to you. I don't hope this sort of disaster will ever occur. By the way, are you having your holidays in March or April? Anyway, my desire is all clear, I want to come to you right now. I'm still not drunk. I wish, I were. But that headache, caused by a hangover the next morning, is terrible, I know now, because recently I experienced it by myself. As a matter of fact, I don't remember very well, what I wrote in pencil, on the back of the last page. Women are in general quite emotional and I think it is true. And I, I found out myself how stupid it can be and how helpless I was. Maybe my present anxieties are money, visa, and my physical and mental health. About money, that is a major concern. I am now saving it. I'm glad to hear, you are attracted by me, though I'm still in half doubt. For I don't think, I have any charm, especially physically. Maybe physically, I fear, you feel nothing about me. It is quite natural because I was seldom conscious about my physical attractiveness and I seldom remember that I am a woman, except during menstruation, before I met you. Sometimes, I even cursed that I was born female. Small breasts have been my constant inferiority complex and obsession for a long time. I'm ashamed to speak like this, but make allowances, because I'm drunk. Unless I'm drunk. It is most improper for me to write in this way. Well, fortunately, I've been a little drunk. Incidentally I heard men tend to hate to use the word, love. Because, love, robs them of sense of freedom and sometimes will be nuisance. I don't know much about love. But I'm quite faithful to my own feeling, and I can definitely say I like you. But other words I fear to use to express my feeling because I've not know these things well. Anyway it's a great honor to be liked by you. But remember although I think I'm serious, I may well forget all what I'm writing now because I'm drinking, so don't mind at all. Incidentally, 
My father said the strangest things. He asked me of your height, because a great difference of height between a married couple in general sometimes be a cause of divorce. Can you understand it? I don't think you can. It's queer. He means in sexual intercourse they can't get on well because of their difference of mutual strength. My father, too, is a little nervous and his will is not so strong, this is my own view, but he's really considerate to the family members in his own way. He drinks quite much every night. And our standard of living may be not rich, not poor. Father is a salaried man and so is my brother. I have a granny whom I hate, I'm ashamed to say, because she hasn't nothing particular in her long life of 72, except bearing children, two of them died when they were children. I really wish to live separately from my granny. So tell me the story of your family to some extent, if you've not already done so. I made one guess, if you feel special feeling toward me only mentally, we can remain to be good friends. I think it's possible. Though I've always been wondering if the true friendship between other sexes can be established. If you feel you are feeling something to me just mentally, tell me so. In that case, we won't necessarily have to meet, I mean, the exchange of letters will do. On the second thought, however, it's absurd to separate the mental feeling and physical feeling. Actually I didn't want to speak about these physical things. I even didn't mean it. But you know, I can never speak like this when I'm sober. But don't come to hate drunken Namiko. It's Saturday night, and I think it's alright. I'm quite enjoying writing this letter. I usually seldom lose mental control in front of others. But I'm still serious, essentially. You can trust me. But can you read my handwritings? I hope you can. Anyway I'm glad you are not depressed now. These days, there appear a great deal of pimples on my face. I look ugly. When I get worried and stressed, pimples appear on my face. Yes, it is a wonderful feeling to get drunk. I don't feel quite myself, but I'm still myself. Oh, now I can't write properly. Only at least I want. This page, I've rewritten this morning. I have a terrible headache and feel sick and it seems alcohol is still lingering within my body. Last night, I was drinking whiskey straight without water or anything. The last page which I meant to include looks really crazy. I dare not post. Not only for the awful handwriting but for lip marks. I couldn't print properly because of drinks. Anyway the last page is as follows. To see you before or I die someday. I even can't read well now. I'm so drunk. But anyway I'm happy at this moment and I hope you're happy as well. Yes, I want to be happy in my life. Don't think I'm not serious. At least I'm happy at this moment, though I'm not controlling myself. But I think I can have a wonderful dream this night. So good night, dear Hubert. So I really say goodbye now. Write to me whenever you feel like it. Though for that matter stamps cost much. Why don't you use thinner paper for the cost consideration? Namiko. Sixth letter. November 12, 1975. Dear Hubert, I'm thinking various ways and possibilities. As I told you, I've already decided to come to Europe. And now I'm thinking how long I will stay. If my stay would be short, 
The departure date of Japan will be sooner than in the case of a longer one, because in the former case I can more easily finance money for travel and miscellaneous daily cost. But only a short stay would be even more painful, especially in parting with you, though the pain will perhaps be all the same, or more in the longest stay. Anyway if I intend to stay more than three months in Germany, for example, I'll need visa. And if it's not a labor a labor visa, means visa applied for the purpose of working in a foreign country, and in this case, one has to arrange and contract with a company or anywhere to work in beforehand, and if you can support me financially for accommodation and food, you have to submit a letter to the German consulate in Kobe, Japan to assure them that you can certainly support me in such and such period. The form of letter is not besettled but it would make the visa more easily taken to attach a paper to show how much income one gets monthly. Moreover, you must promise to take responsibility in case of illness, accident and such. There are some troubles, it's quite unlikely for me to get financial aid from my parents, because they're not in the least willing to give me money for my purpose to live with an European man in one house. So for this reason, it'll take longer before I leave Japan and I am likely to stress you all the more financially. I think I can get at least money for travel by myself, but you know even if you give me accommodation and food, I'll still need some more money for, for example, cloths, traffic fare, books, daily commodities, etc. You may think I can find work but without labor visa I can't work as a regular worker. All I'll be able to do is side jobs. Another point is, where to live. I myself want to live in Germany but it's up to you. But I don't want you to quit university for me. But how is it possible to support me if you are a student? But I want you to finish university. But how is it possible? It's an endless question. My parents do not want me to live with an European in Europe. They see so much worries and anxieties in this scheme. But I'm fed up with talking with them. Whenever I talk with them. I get impatient and furious. I'm beginning to hate them. Their attitude and their way of thinking really make me feel depressed and want to die. But I don't want to die before I see you again. Even if we should marry, they wouldn't be willing to approve it. For them it's a hardly acceptable idea to live with the other sex without being married. Their idea is totally different from mine. I think I can't accept the marriage without confirming each other's mental and physical love beforehand, though I remember telling you that I won't marry. I said so partly because one can't tell the future and partly because I didn't see the possibility that I could encounter in life a person to marry. About marriage I still don't know how the thing will go on. Still less my child if I can get any. I've looked over the possibility for you to come to Japan. But I don't want you to spend much money for this. I'd rather see you in Europe. I hate Japan. I hate Kyoto, I hate my home. But this does not mean I won't feel any nostalgia or homesick abroad. You know there's no other place than one's home. Anyway, the present state of my mind is terribly painful. I'm impatient to see you. Too much length to wait will distort what our feelings are, I think. On my side I feel I'm going crazy if I continue to think of you day and night and still have to wait and wait. What I want to do eagerly is to confirm my feeling toward you directly. But even if one likes the other very much, 
If the financial circumstances are hard, it may distort the form of love, if it's love. Besides, after hearing my parents' so many unwilling words, I've got quite discouraged. I mean they impair my mood, though they usually say, Namiko, we really wish your future happiness. Anyway, dear Hubert, imagine how I'm feeling and suffering, and I fear you should disappear from my image and vision after thinking too much of you. So goodbye, Namiko. P.S. Tell me exactly about your next Easter holidays and summer holidays. 7th Letter November 15, 1975 Dear Hubert, it's Saturday. I've received your letters on Saturdays for three times running. It's really a wonderful Saturday present. I'm not drinking now. I'm ashamed to send you once a letter written in a very drunken mood. Do you remember? I wrote that one late on Saturday night and the following morning and all through the day, I had a terrible hangover. I had a violent headache and nausea. But as I hate to vomit very much, so I tried not to do, and I could. But usually at night, I'm so easily induced to drink whiskey and I usually do so. Drinking is less bad than smoking for me, though I still smoke a little. I wish you could give me a photo of yours sometime, because you may look a little different from what I saw you were in summer in Oxford. Generally speaking, you know, one looks different or changes one's daily behavior a little or new phase of one's personality is revealed when one's in a foreign country. So I'm afraid that this is also true of each one of us. Maybe in holidays, you feel freer than usual. But at home you have to be involved in the various daily things. So in case I'm in Holland or Germany, this may happen and I may be discouraged with the reality. But this is only my fancy and imagination and even if it happens, it won't affect my fundamental decision, that is, to come to you and see once more before I die. I'm ashamed that I'm already told all the things about us to my parents and I've met their disagreement and that I've been in a colder between them. Maybe I should not have told them, but please don't get angry about this. Simply because they opposed me, I won't change my mind. But at present, I don't speak to them daily much, or at least avoid talking of my plan. By the way, I think I've told you about visa, but if I stay in Holland for a long time, I'll need visa to Holland. In that case I must make an application for visa at the Dutch consulate. I don't know yet where it's located, but I'll find it. As for the German consulate, I've already obtained an official paper for application for a residence permit from it. So anyway, tell me from which consulate I should get visa. Maybe from Dutch, I think, because I want you to stay at university. It's true I've told you I would come in March at the soonest in the earlier letter, but don't stick to March too firmly, because that's my very wish. Every time I hear from you, I don't force you to come to Europe, I begin to get impatient to go there right now. By the way did you hear from Awatif about her marriage? She wrote to me that she would go to England and France on July 1st to get married. Especially at night I tend to want to write to you. I'm afraid I've repeated many things in my letters, but it's because I don't remember exactly what I write. But don't mind my repeating things. How much money do you think I'll need there in a month, apart from food and accommodation and under the condition that I won't be luxurious?
My parents may think it quite reckless for me to go abroad and live in such an uncertain, for their eyes, way. Although often do I refer to my parents, don't mind too much. It doesn't absolutely mean that I can't do anything without their advice. No, it's not true at all. Since I entered the university, I didn't do anything as they told me or suggested me. I'm in a way a stubborn person, unusually I'm never content with things after trying them once myself. Eventually in my life, I want to be independent both financially and mentally of my parents. But it's usually very hard for a woman and even a man to live alone. I don't think there are many jobs in the society which interest me much, and after all one must be content with one's job to some degree. I know it's useless to deplore that the society doesn't accept me. Rather we should try to find the space or place in the society by ourselves in which we can confirm self-identity. But anyway I hate the society, though one can't live by all himself. I need a man who will protect me from the society and become a kind of wall from it. You know, even in the crowd, I may feel secured if there's such a person beside me. So again, the space is running out. I'll write to you soon. I've got a slight cold now. Namiko. P.S. In Utrecht University, is there any department in which you can study English literature? And in your university, are there many foreign students, including Japanese? Dear Hubert, goodbye, Namiko. Eighth letter. Near noon p.m. comma November 16, 1975. Dear, dear Hubert, your letter always encourages my weak mind. You know, my mood is changing almost every moment. At one moment I get quite resolute and feel myself quite strong, but at another moment I get weak and nervous and worried. Especially seeing others doing their routine with perfect ease, I feel somewhat guilty of my, quite reckless, plan. But anyway this is general speaking. Suppose I should come to you without any money at all, what will you do? This is a mere supposition and means nothing. I'm just thinking of money. Once, you said money isn't everything, and I think so too. But sometimes without enough money, one can't be happy. I admit there are many degrees in the word enough, I mean, to be very rich is not my future dream, but frankly, I think after all that the more money, the better. On the other hand, it's often said that the more one has, the more one wants to get. There's no limit in human monetary desire. Anyway, I want to know how much amount of grants you can get from the government monthly. And during the terms do students in Holland or Germany do the side? Jobs. In Japan many undergraduates are busier in their side jobs than in their study, exaggeratingly speaking. And I want to ask you how long does it take from Utrecht to Aachen in train or something? And from Frankfurt to Aachen? And what is your idea about marriage in general? My idea about marriage, if you want to hear, is not so clear. I remember, I told you, I don't want to marry. I've already said, I don't want to marry, I want to die, to quite a lot of persons so far. Since I told you of my brother's marriage, I hope you can better understand me, but my brother's arranged marriage is very typical of the ordinary Japanese. And because I have long seen this nasty Japanese custom of marriage, I've been fed up with it and this has affected my idea about marriage very much. 
some Japanese males, and even females consider that marriage means a grave of life. Many girls of my contemporaries seem to want to be a wife and mother. But to my eyes, in their way of living, they seem to forget their very existence as a human being. Maybe if I meet somebody whom I want to spend the rest of my life with, I can marry. But I think it hard to lead an idealistic marriage life. Maybe I'm just thinking too much about marriage in a vague and abstract way before I get nothing started. If you think me or somebody who may be alright to live just one year or so but who may not be a person at all to spend the rest of your life, it's a pity, though I know nobody can tell what happens after one year, nor do I force you to look much further through the future. It's impossible both for you and for me. So marriage is a very difficult thing, I mean it's easy to get married, but it's very difficult to be married. So again my brother's story, I don't want to attend his wedding. But it's a very rigid obligation and duty, so I must attend, I can't escape from it. I'll only attend it not for bless or to congratulate him with his marriage, but out of sense of obligation. But it's a great pity for me to feel in this way, it's even unnatural, and inhuman. I have only a brother and I like him and he really lives seriously. My parents speak like this. Oh, we can't gather more than 25 relatives to attend the wedding. They always speak of such an unimportant thing as if it were very important, and once I oppose to them they are sure to answer me back. But Namiko, this is a custom. Custom is custom and you can't bend the custom. They even won't change the custom at all. They say, you must do like this because many other people in the society do like this. The more they stick to customs, the more I hate them. Maybe I'll be at the wedding weeping. Again presumption, can you forget me if it happens that I can't come to you at all? Maybe you can't answer. But you know, time makes man forget everything. So this is one reason I'm eager to come to you as soon as possible, though it's never because I can't believe you, never. I can believe you surely, certainly. But human beings are fragile. I am especially weak. But your love, if I may call it love, will make me strong. But dear Hubert, it's still very difficult for me to make me aware that there's you in the world who is thinking of me in such a faraway land. So this letter is too abstract, do you know This French I learned today. I'm still studying French. Anyway what do you say to meeting you during next summer holiday? In this case, I can arrange everything to come to you without the aid of my parents, because from now till June or July, there remains much more time, and if my stay is short, I may be able to save money during this period. But in this plan, there are two difficulties, one is that I can't wait until summer and the second is that the stay is too short. This plan only gives me financial security and that's all. You know nothing is uglier than the financial conflict. By the way, as one gets older, one gets uglier. I don't like ugly things nor do I want to get uglier apparently and mentally than now. The age makes men ugly and wither. To think of this is horrible. The society is ugly and dirty, I believe. Human beings are sometimes the greatest enemy. Is a larger flat you looking for the flat for us to live? Apart from the matter of me. You want to find a larger one, aren't you? Just recently I've found myself quite an idealist compared with others. 
Japanese males in general are not fond of controversial girls. They seem to rather prefer a gentle one. Anyway, I've never had any Japanese boyfriend so far. I've never met a Japanese male who accepts me as you do. I'm a little tired with thinking of you because I've thought of you too much already. But I cannot stop thinking of you. Namiko. Ninth letter. Morning, November 17, 1975. I was about to go to the post office when I received your letter. Though I wrote in the previous pages about the summer holiday plan, it just came to my mind and it's only one possibility. Moreover, I've never thought you are thinking of marriage in that way. I mean, I've been thinking the marriage is the thing of the very far future. But as for actual marriage, I think we don't have to be hasty in drawing a conclusion. And anyway, I'm so glad that you are thinking of me so earnestly as to think me as your would-be wife. I heard that in Europe many married women are working. Isn't there any full-time housewife? If married women work, is that because they can't live only with their husband's income? In Japan, it's so. Housewives work mostly in order to support their earning. Anyway, I'm not unwilling to work in some way, but at the same time, I want to study in some way. By study, I mean. I want to put myself in circumstances in which I can read some books and have some contact with a sort of academic atmosphere. But I don't mean actual university or institution. Maybe it will be a little pain for me to lose the opportunity of reading in my daily life. But anyway, what is most important for me is the life itself. So I conclude this letter and tell you that I love you, Namiko. P.S. Your letter this time really encourages me. Because I was worrying a lot about visa, I'll apply to the Dutch consulate for this matter of visa. Eleven zero zero p.m. Common November seventeen, nineteen seventy-five. Dearest Hubert, I count the day on which you said you want to marry me the happiest that I've ever had in my life. I've never thought you want to marry me has given me such an extreme sense of happiness. And these, your words, have brought me the greatest feeling of relief. I don't know why, but before you said so, there had been always somewhere in my mind something which had made me feel somewhat guilty of just living with you. I'm extremely thankful of your utmost seriousness and sincerity, but I'm ashamed that whereas you have such a broad, generous, and tender heart toward me, I have so little which I can give you. I have been so selfish and had my own way egoistically in my life. All I can say and do now is I love you. Though my love is so uncertain before I see you actually, nor can I say I can love you all my life, and I also apprehend that when we come to know each other more, many of my defects will be revealed, and I'll find myself unworthy of you. Further, it may be a kind of risk for you to say you want to marry me before you know me much more. Maybe you are right in saying that in a letter we can speak more freely. But at the same time, I've always been thinking that in letters one tends to deceive oneself and write only the safe things. Maybe I may not be what you think I am. Besides, one of my cousins who got married months ago once said her husband is quite another person from what she knew he was before she got married. What she means is that before they got married, her husband perhaps did not expose what really he was in front of his future wife. Though my cousin seems to lead quite a happy marriage life, maybe this is a too personal matter, and you may wonder why others should know about their marriage life in detail.
Anyway their marriage was again the arranged marriage, and even during their association period, a trivial news item, such as they were going to have rendezvous on such and such day, quite frequently came to us relatives' ears. Sorry, I've digressed quite a lot. Anyway about our marriage I'll think it over, taking time. Maybe I've wrote so many unnecessary worries and obsessions in the previous letters but I really hope you've not taken offense. If you have even once, tell me so. Do you feel rather comical to see me get easily upset and almost wailing out at every word of yours? But I really appreciate your patient attitude to answer my every stupid question. Tenth letter. Afternoon, 18th November 1975. Last night in my sleep you were always there and I'm not sure if I really slept or not. Maybe I did. I've just phoned the Dutch consulate in Kobe to ask something about visa. They said they couldn't talk about the visa for marriage purpose just on the telephone, as its procedure is a little complicated and they asked me to come to the consulate. So I'll go there next Tuesday. When I told them on the phone that whether I'll really marry or not has not been settled yet, then they said, well, 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 come anyway. My father once suggested that if I won't act properly that is, I'll look so sullen and unsociable at the wedding of my brother. He'd rather want me not to attend. I'd rather prefer not to attend it, but if I won't, I'm sure they, especially the bride's relatives, will accuse me of this all my life. This idea may be an obsession, but it is very likely, even if they don't directly blame me. Anyway, on March 31 there will be a plane service to Frankfurt of the Aeroflot, Soviet plane, and in Frankfurt, I'll change the plane to Amsterdam. This is a plan and I've not yet completely decided. As I told you before, the Aeroflot plane is the cheapest, though I'd rather like to fly straight to Amsterdam. Maybe from April, the aircraft charge will be raised, so at present this date seems to be the best date of my departure. But after all this is yet only a plan. Night of November 18, 1975. Incidentally there's one thing which I've wanted to ask you. Don't you have to go to the military service? I've heard in Germany there's such a system. But you said you're officially Dutch. So I wonder which. As for marriage, what happens to my nationality when I get married with you? But honestly, are you really thinking of it as a reality? And what legal advantages are there compared with the case of living together without marrying? Do I want to marry you? I'm not sure. I can't answer. But if I should have to say, yes, or, no, alternatively, maybe, yes, as a feeling, I still don't see how far you're earnest in this matter. At the moment, your, words, I want to marry you, are enough. Just to remind me of your proposal and I repeat these words, over and over again, in my mind. I feel happy. In general, I'm inclined to associate a sense of restriction with marriage. In any case, apart from legal marriage, I'm willing to accept substantial marriage with you anyway. But isn't it more convenient, in various points, for you to marry an European, if you marry legally? I'm afraid, I think so. Moreover, I think in this way, if I get married and settle myself in Europe, it will cost every time a great deal of money to return to Japan in case of emergency. 
I de nouveau. Regret how far Japan is situated from Europe, while I think I may be able to spend, let's say, 10 or 20 years in Europe, I mean, I may be able to manage the life there mentally, if I start now. But no one can tell, how many more years one will live. I may lose Japan, my home, my parents, my brother, simply, because I was born in Japan and I happen to share blood with them. But I still don't know, how far I'm Japanese in consciousness and how much I'm devoted to it. Generally speaking, many adults including my parents, I'm so sorry so often do I refer to my parents stupidly, think an international marriage is more difficult than an ordinary one. Maybe there are many cases in which sooner or later at the end, internationally married couples are subject to divorce. If one asks someone, why he, or she, wants to marry so badly, I don't think, there are many, who can answer clearly to that question. I think, it's better for people to divorce, when they find, their marriage unsatisfactory to some degree, and when they think, to continue their marriage, won't bring them any fruitful result. Anyway, all those things about marriage and things, about or after 10 or 20 years, are still in my mind as an illusion. I cannot help fancy them. I know it's meaningless, to worry too much, about our far distant future. Nevertheless, sometimes, I cannot help, thinking in this way. How about you? Before I met you, and somewhat even now, I've been advocating a marriage living separately, because I thought and think, that, if a couple sees each other all the time, they'll soon get tired of each other. Even for a couple who loves each other passionately, there may come a period of ennui. By the way, when is your birthday? Have you already got 26? You know mine. Christmas Eve. So I'll be soon 23. Not so old, but no so young either. So long I have cursed myself. I've wasted more than 20 years. I wonder if I've done something meaningful or important in my life. After living more than 20 years, I'm still weak and not yet independent in every sense, whereas most animals can stand on their feet, soon after they are born. What a difference. Maybe this comparison is not that appropriate. Anyway, I can't deny the fact, that there still remains somewhere in my mind a wish, to continue to be a child. Maybe one can't be a child forever, nor can one be a student forever. My mother is getting so sad at the prospect, of my leaving her, for such a long time, and living in such a distant place. She said, she didn't mind my living separately somewhere in Japan, but Europe is too far away for her to stand. But I managed to persuade and console her by saying, I'll return after one year. It may be true or not, and I'll write to her so often. Morning 19th. Raining. So dear Hubert, I conclude here now. I must go to school now. My love to you, Namiko, so dear Hubert, I conclude. Eleventh letter. Afternoon till evening, November 22, 1975. Dear Hubert, please, for heaven's sake, forgive me, to have written you such a complicated letter. On the eleventh written, which made you so sad. And also my careless words. I wrote in one of my letters, that I was tired of thinking of you. I regret saying it, so much, that I have an impulse, 
to fly up to you right now and apologize to you. The fact is, the more I think of you, the more I feel it painful, to be separated from you, as I am now, and I'm even haunted by the groundless fear, that you really don't exist. Again, please don't get angry with this remark. Since you are such a generous person, that all the time I'm tempted to tell you everything, I feel, at every moment, and I always yield to that temptation and tell you everything, which may make you sad, or impair your feeling. I know, what I've already mentioned, is irrecoverable, I mean, my stupid remark. But I honestly tell you, that your letter always has such a miraculous power upon me, because it makes me think, everything is possible. But, anyway, I admire your will, with which you can wait another eight months. Oh, it's impossible for me? Even four months are too long. I don't think I can wait, but I know I must manage to wait. You said, time passes away quickly. It may be true, when you turn back at the past. But can you imagine, that every day was full of bitterness, before I met you. But I should not deplore any more. Yes, maybe, the hope and the sense of anticipation of joy in the very near future will make me happy. So dear Hubert, from now on, I'll try to look forward to the future and try to get my will strong. Recently I think my parents have been convinced that I will live for a year, at least, in Europe. They seem to be quite determined, because they realized however strongly they may oppose, I've already firmly decided and, whatever they say, I will fly up to you sooner or later, anyway. So my relation with my parents is not bad at the moment. I'm again ashamed to confess you all about these things before. So I asked them to give me some money for the compliment for my living abroad, telling them that even if I remain home and continue to live with them as I have done, they'll support me mainly in food and other daily needs because, as far as I'm at home, I'll have no intention to pay them for food from the money I learn. Also I persuaded them, please don't regard my plan as a frivolous one, but as a sort of study of life in a foreign country. And I'm actually thinking so, the study which I study in school or in university is not the only study. They are beginning to understand me to the better degree. But I think that I'll come home after a year, as an excuse to console my mother. Maybe no one can tell what will happen after a year. Maybe I stay longer or maybe not. Or on the contrary I may leave Europe before the year is over. But anyway, what I'm thinking in my mind is that I want to penetrate the life abroad at least for a year, overcoming the possible difficulties. You mentioned the plan of our meeting in the next summer holidays. But I now don't think that I can part with you after three months. Oh, I'm already worrying about the bitterness of parting with you before I meet you. So I'll go up to you in April. I, a couple of days ago, found that there's a direct plane to Amsterdam on April 4. But they said that there is a possibility that the date will change after April. But anyway, there's a direct flight to Amsterdam in the Aeroflot company once a week, so I want to choose one of the earliest of April. So I'll let you know when I book the ticket. As for the money to buy the ticket, I think I can save that amount by myself at least for one-way ticket until the spring. So again I tell you I'll go up to you in April. And even if I can't get a visa, I'm going to you. If you're a little engaged in university, I want to be with you, 
It's better for me to spend three months, even if I'm given only that, from April with you, than to wait until the next summer and then leave you. I feel so sorry that by the time this letter reaches you, you must worry about these matters. But as it seems it takes less than five days to reach from Japan to Holland, is this right? I'm quite glad. On the days I get your letter, I'm always full of happiness and I can't resist smiling all day. Your existence is quite akin to a kind of faith. At the moment, I don't need God, though I slightly want him to exist sometimes and secure me. You can take the place of God. Maybe I don't think you can understand this sentence, not in the sense that you are almighty and perfect, but in the sense that the prospect of you make my daily life secured, meaningful. Generally many Japanese girls seek tenderness in their future lovers, for example, when asked what type of man they like, they are likely to answer. I like a tender man. But strange thing is that they seem to point out the general vision of men first. I wonder if they don't mind if their lovers are tender to other girls as well. This may be a red herring, but what I want to say is that I feel it enough if my lover is tender only to me. And how happy I feel to think that you're exclusively thinking of me, at least at the moment. I believe so. I really can believe in you. And you can also believe me. My love to you really changed the whole spiritual life of mine. I've never expected love brings such a wonderful bliss in my mind. Compared to the previous page, this page may seem to be a little abrupt, but again I write something about the society. I have no confidence in getting on well with the society. I easily get tired physically and mentally in working in the society, though precisely speaking, I'm not working in the society, of which evidence is that I'm not paying the tax yet. Generally speaking for many people their job and their hobby are not always related to each other. Maybe one can't live only by doing what one likes, one must sometimes do what one doesn't like for earning his living. But dear Hubert, don't you feel sometimes disgusted with the society? I feel sorry for men who must do the job which they don't like in order to support their family. Not only men but women must work sometimes. Oh, what I'm speaking? What I want to say is while I despise a full-time housewife, I find it too hard to work in the society in Japan or anywhere. You once mentioned the struggle for life. I sense this is a good word. But I'm ashamed of what I've been doing so far in my life. It's true that for more than seven years I've been continuously studying quite hard, but what I've studied has no practical use. I fear that I'll be a failure of life. Or perhaps I am already a failure of life. To be a failure, or otherwise it is a relative thing, not an absolute thing. But anyway, it's hardly impossible for me, to be content with the present and situation at any time. Maybe, one calls me too idealistic. I'm sort of arrogant, and sometimes look down upon others, while I'm constantly losing confidence in various matters, and have an inferiority complex. Anyway, the more I speak of these meaningless things, I'm afraid, the more you'll be bored, and tired of me. But I always hope, that you won't deceive your own feelings, and never hesitate to tell, even an unfavorable opinion, toward me. And I entreat you not to take offense, whatever I write to you, as best as you can. Whatever I may write, it's due to my disposition to think and worry too much. So at any rate, 
My fundamental mind will not change about our matter. I know I'm not at all reasonable at any time, while you're always reasonable. I really was amazed, when you said, you can wait another eight months. I've been thinking myself quite strong in my will, but I found, that in this case of love, my will is almost next to weakness. There are other things, I can get patient and steady, for example, study. So, your remark, that you can wait that long, really revealed to me your firmness of mind and endless sincerity, and made me so much at ease, and I'm thankful to you, from the bottom of my heart. Incidentally, have you still an intention to be your teacher? Or have you any other idea about your future vocation? I feel like knowing what you're thinking about the matter. And since I think my English may not be completely understandable for you, and many of my sentences are so untidy, I'm a little bit afraid that there is sometimes a small misunderstanding between us. For example, I don't think that I've asked you to tell something about our affair to your parents. This is not an important matter, but are you referring to the letter in which I once suggested in getting the visa? But as for visa, I'll tell you more next time. So coming to the end of this letter, I tell you my deepest love. Namiko. Twelfth letter. November 27, 1975. Dear Hubert, thank you for your letter, in which you suggested two possible ways, our meeting on summer holidays and our marriage. But, please, don't get angry, when I say, that I can't choose either of them. Maybe it's, that I have made the things too complicated, at first. I'm thinking like this, I shall go to Europe, next April, with some amount of money, which I may need during my stay. And during my stay, I'll draw some conclusion or other about marriage, though I'm not sure, I'll draw any conclusion. You know, I always hesitate quite a lot, before doing things. And even if I can't get visa from Holland, I can go and stay in Holland for three months, and then come summer vacation, when we can get out of Holland, and then, maybe, after the vacation, we can come back to Holland, even, if I don't have visa, and will be able to stay another three months in Holland. It makes nine months in all. You may be right, but please understand, for me how harsh both of the possibilities you suggested are. So about visa, I went to the officer of the Dutch consulate. They told me to ask you a letter in which you have to write that you will, 1, support me in food and accommodation, as for other expenses, I'll have my parents write a letter to guarantee the financial aids, and 2, our wish to marry in the future, our maybe for convenience sake, and lastly you have to 3, declare yourself responsible for me in illness, accident and so on. This is an official letter. And if you can, please typewrite it in English. If typewriting is not available, please write it as clearly as possible. With your letter, I'll submit my parents' letter to the Dutch consulate. Your letter can be written in the form of statement, but the more convincing the content is, the better, so they said. There's no fixed form in writing this letter in this case. At the moment, here in Japan, there are large-scale national railway strikes and the mails are reported to be delayed in delivering. So will you please write it as soon as possible? Because of this strike, I'm getting anxious about other letters of yours will be late to reach me. 
Every time I see the postman, I think of your letter. Today in the morning I saw a postman on the street about 50 meters from my house, then I wished he would come and stop at my house, and then waited a couple of minutes, and he came. I was so happy. So, dear Hubert, as I've said, I want to go to Europe in April whether I can get visa or not. And I'm very glad to hear that you're beginning to like your university. During the term, you will be busy, so I'm a little afraid that I should disturb your study, though I don't mind if you can't totally concentrate on me. November 28, 1975. Today I got your other letter. About marriage, I can't decide yes or no at this moment, however convenient getting married may seem in our case. You know, we've just spent only three weeks together, and it seems to me to be quite hard to decide about such a serious matter as marriage. So I'll need some more time. And as for nationality, I heard that it's not wise for me to abandon my nationality as Japanese from the viewpoint of my future. And I can't have both nationalities, though officially it's not absolutely impossible but the procedure will be too complicated. So I want to ask you if I can also still get the ground after I get married with you without losing my Japanese nationality. And about Grant, I asked something to a staff of the Dutch consulate in Kobe, but he doesn't know about such system. He said, Is there such a system as Grant? Isn't that the scholarship or something like that? But apart from his remark, can you get Grant because you're a student? Then in my case can I get Grant because I get married but have no income? About marriage I still don't know what to do. Though you mentioned that even if you get married, you'll be as free as before. For me, the idea about marriage seems so abrupt and it will be something like a bet, to decide to marry you at this moment, though you've never said let's marry right now. So do you think it's okay, to decide sometime after we meet? Isn't it too late for official procedure? So please write the official letter which I mentioned earlier in this letter and enclose that letter in your next letter to me. However in writing that one, if you can't guarantee food and accommodation completely, tell me so then, and I'll ask my parents about that. It's quite urgent. The sooner, the better. But as I told you, I want to get to you without getting visa anyway. I'm impatient to see you. You may say that after passing such difficulties, we'll have a beautiful future, but you know, it's very dangerous to expect too much in the future, because when you're betrayed by the reality, your disappointment will be the greater. So I want to see you as soon as possible. I'm afraid you may hold an illusion about me to some extent and so do I, maybe. At the moment, I feel a little melancholic, maybe because everything is not settled yet. I'll have Cambridge exam on December 10, 11 and 12. It makes me a little strained. And it's getting quite cold these days and the cold makes not only my body but my heart lonely and depressing. But anyway, I'll try to get strong and manage the present circumstances. So goodbye, dear Hubert. Namiko. 13th letter. November 29, 1975. Dear Hubert, I hope you are well and happy. Me, I'm not too bad, but my mood is not so steady. Whatever I see, say, in walking along the street seems very beautiful, I mean the seasonal nature and the various objects around me, 
and I'm inclined to be strangely moved by them, though sometimes I feel somewhat lonely. Have you known the idea that for the person whose death is approaching, everything looks too beautiful? But I'm not a person who's decisively going to die in the very close future. By maybe in several months, I'll leave Japan, so it may makes me feel in this way. But it's not true that I feel it painful to be separated from this too familiar sight. It's just a sentiment. And it's thanks to you and your existence that made me restore what I call, my lost, or forgotten, inclination to feel the things as they are, in other words, to instill my inner feelings into the outer objects. You may say that whatever nationality one may have, it doesn't matter. But I think for many people, it quite usually happens that it's almost impossible to completely abandon a kind of attachment to one's country. It's an answerable feeling, even if one hates one's own country in some way. But all these are general assumptions and don't matter. I've just mentioned that. Again about marriage, you seem to think marriage is an official act and it will give us financial support. I can quite well understand what you say. But at the same time, honestly, I think, it is a little difficult for me to accept your too rational way of thinking. You may say it is a very, natural, idea for you, though. But again it's not a real worry but a consideration, though sometimes for me consideration and worry are almost identical. And you mentioned in your last letter, that it doesn't matter much, whether, for your part, one is married, or not. That statement made me only a little uneasy. For me, I must confess, the idea of marriage, whether it'll happen actually or not, is so, so sweet, but being drowned forever in this sweetness might be a little dangerous, because marriage is not after all a housekeeping play but a reality, which may sometimes involve ugliness. As I told you in my last letters, that I hate and fear ugliness in general. And as far as I'm separated from you geographically, you won't know the ugly part of mine, which I think, I have in me. These words may be too abstract. They don't refer to actual things, but are meant in a sensual sense. I would be able to feel so romantic and sweet, with your image, if I do not see you actually forever. That would be quite all right and nice, and remain, as one of the most beautiful memories of my life. But fortunately or unfortunately, I couldn't, and you couldn't either, choose that way. I can't, definitely, die, before I have seen you, at least one more time. I have to. Does not mean obligation, see you. But this realization of my wish, should break all hour. If you have, beautiful dreams in a moment, I fear. In life, it's more frequent for us, to be disillusioned by the reality than to remain in a realm of dream. So it's not so unreasonable, not to expect too much in the future, beforehand, and draw a rosy picture in our mind, apart from our natural anticipation of the future. And don't forget, I'm a whimsical person and my mood changes badly, every moment, so I warn you, beforehand, about this disposition of mine, so you will not get too disillusioned. But I have always been thinking, that a true friend, this word may not be appropriate in this context, is a person, whose very existence makes you full of joy, therefore, even his, or her, silence, is more than acceptable. It just came to my mind, I suppose, you have a sort of longing for your own home, 
I mean, the home in the future, because you said, you have been independent of your parents and family for some years. I'm just in the opposite situation, as I have been with my family for whole of my life, I'm quite fed up with it, apart from security. And in Oxford, you said, maybe for a joke, that you want your own children. Maybe it's still true. For my part, though, I don't know how my thinking will change in the future. It is not known, I'm still whole unsure of myself and I'm not so constructive as to wish children. Today I happened to see a case of a kind in a newspaper's scandalous article, a Japanese man with some fluency in French came to Paris and seduced and deceived quite a few Parisians, and one of those Parisians fell really in love with him, and they came back to Japan together, but that man, after settling in Japan, found it very different, to see her here in Japan, from to see her there in Paris. In short, he was disillusioned. And so they had violent quarrels and after two months they got separated. This story still continues and it is the petty man, who is in prison, now, for the crime of violence toward that prison and others. But anyway, this case is a case and we have nothing to do with this. But, simply, it reminded me a little bit of our case. Though, I believe, we know better than that. So I hope this letter does not bore you. Still I'm thinking quite a lot about something I don't know clearly. And sometimes I wonder if I'm too childish or too timid in my way of thinking. But anyway, however complicated and confused my thoughts may be, I hope and believe the substantial nature of our love is just simple, and yet strong. Namiko. This was the second episode of the epistolary novel, A Japanese Dream in 79 Letters. By Martin Glimmon. The text was read to you by a machine and therefore some mispronunciation may have occurred here and there. And as I mentioned earlier, in the intro, it also may have happened, that there were some errors in the construction of sentences, or some imperfection in the use of the correct vocabulary. But I hope it did not disturb you too much. Thank you for listening and goodbye.